welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, episode number 146 for Saturday the 30th of March 2019. Coming up on this week's Podcast Diary, it's the end of the first quarter of the year. I'll be reviewing what's been achieved and what's not. Book three, draft one of my military science fiction trilogy is completed. But is writing at that speed a good thing to aspire to in future? Plus all this week's author news and gossip. And we'll start with the author news and we'll do the quarter one review in the second part of this podcast. And let's begin with this week's word count. Not five minutes ago did I complete the third trilogy of this year. I've just written today 5,953 words. I started writing at quarter to 10 uh, on Thursday. It's now actually exactly two o'clock on the Thursday. So if you want an idea of how quickly I managed to write those words, that was it. But I always write super fast when I'm at the end of a book because it's very, very exciting. Um, since we last spoke, I wrote 5,155 words on Sunday, the 24th of March. So 5,953 today. That now completes the third trilogy in my military sci-fi series. And I got to tell you, that does feel quite amazing to me because I started writing the trilogy uh, when I got back from Spain on Thursday the 17th of January so in just over two months I've managed to write those three books and that's the fastest I've ever written it's been a real educational process for me. Now this morning I, I like to let you know about the pain as well as the good stuff I was really quite nervous about writing this morning if you can hear you can probably hear me shuffling at the sides here I'll just shuffle through them to give you an idea of, of what we've got. I've got lots of pieces of paper here because when I, I came back from work last night I was tired and you know sometimes when you're tired your brain just won't do what you want it to and I just wasn't feeling creative last night and I really just needed to set down. I, I've had a plan for all of this trilogy as you know but that doesn't mean that um, by the time you get to the last chapters of the book we haven't just got to sit down and think right I've got to wrap that one up that run up I need to have this person here that person there so that it all comes to a lovely crescendo and I was trying to do that last night I was just tired and I thought I'm going to go and watch some telly I'm not going to do it tonight and I got up this morning and um, I got all these little bits of paper where I was thinking right what has to happen next uh, who's going to be where when the end comes and in actual fact, what, what I've done is I'd slightly overcomplicated. When you're writing a story, uh, I, I often, I often leave little strands that I can pick up if I need them. And in actual fact, I'd opened a strand. And when I thought it through, I thought, don't need that. So I'll close that when I come in on the edit. I won't even open that strand in the edit. I'll just close it down. But I, I'd, I offered myself the opportunity of something at the end, which as it turned out, it was just too complicated. I didn't need it at the end. So when I come back to edit that book, I'll just have to completely close that bit down. It, it's superfluous. It was something that happened earlier on in the series that I could just let drop. It doesn't really matter where it goes. It's not, not, not important. So, um, yeah, it feels really pleasing to finish the book and actually bearing in mind how much I was panicking this morning before I wrote it, thinking, I'm not sure I can do this. I'm not sure I can do this. Actually, it came to really, really well today. I just wrote the thing straight out, um, and got those nearly 6,000 words done. I'm feeling extremely happy about that, as you could guess. You know, it's a big relief to have got those three books done. So just to bring you up to speed then, book, book one 
has was obviously written at the beginning and it's had two passes from me. It had a pass from John and James, very keen for John and James to look at it to make sure that they wanted it, basically. Yeah, they might have taken one reader, but they thought, well, this isn't for us. It doesn't fit our style. It's not at all what we're after. And I wanted to give them the opportunity to to duck out and say, no, you know, it's not going to work. This isn't, this is not, it doesn't, regardless of whether my book was inverted commas good or not i had to be i wanted to be sure that it was something that they wanted that they felt you know, fitted into their universe anyhow they said yesterday that they gave me some brilliant feedback which i really valued which really set me right for the other two books in, in terms of getting the universe right I, I suspect that first book will be the most painful because there were so many changes to make in it now i have been working through book two while i've been writing book three and i finished my second pass on book two last night so i've edited chapters 19 to 31 after work this week uh, and now i'm just going to do some final kind of quick consistency checks uh spelling checks and things like that but i've been through it it's, it's nice and tight now it's fine to pass to john and james and, and they can have a look at it and then if, if they need me to do anything i can do it or if they're happy with it they can just make their changes and send that to the editor and so i'm now going to take a, a break it seems like an excellent opportunity when i was diary planning I thought, well, it's Mother's Day this weekend. This is an excellent opportunity to go and see my mum. Uh, so I'm off to see my mum. This is why I'm recording the diary on Thursday, because I shall be on the road on Friday and I go and see my mum over the weekend uh, for Mother's Day. And uh, I'm ready for the break. <laughs> I can tell you that. I am ready for that break. Um, but it's, it's a nice time to take the break when you, you've got that feeling of satisfaction and that you've really achieved something. And I, I do feel really quite pleased with myself that... Uh, that I've managed to write a book that fast. Um, it's still not as fast as some people write. It's the fastest I've ever written. 150,000 words in what? 10 weeks, something like that. It's, but it's still not as fast as some people write. So what have I, what have I learned from that? What I think I've learned from it is that for me, if I work three days a week, it's too tough for me to write four days in a row. Now, you know what I'm like. I like to write 5,000 words. I, I, so I guess a lot of this is is kind of OCD behavior, isn't it, really? But um, I like to write my 5,000 words. I'm a man of routine. Um, you know, I, I should be able to sit down and write 5,000 words, but I don't want to. I, I want, I need to shift the words. I like to do it at a big city. That's just, you have to find your routine and that's the routine I really like. So I think what I've learned from this is it's too hard for me to write, to work three days and then write four days in a row. I very quickly, I did that right at the beginning in January and I just very quickly burning up, burning out's not the word, but I just, I just felt there was no light in the week that it was three days at work, four days writing, three days at work, four days writing. And it just immediately felt too much to me. I think if you're writing, you've just got to come up for air sometimes. There has to be some light in there, um, some freedom, some free time, some time for your head to, to mull over the story. And if that felt too intense for me. So my learning point is, is that in my current arrangement, I don't have no trouble with that. If that's all I was doing, I don't think I'd be fine. Uh, you know, writing four days a week, 5,000 words a day, that'd be absolutely fine if that's all I was doing. But when I'm at work, I've decided that three days at work, three days writing, and the pattern is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at work, Thursday, Friday writing, Saturday, I'm going to try and do as many park runs as I can and just leave that day for editing, and then Sunday writing again. So three days writing, I'm comfortable with that, that gives me the, the headspace that I need. Uh, I can keep that up. And then editing. The other thing, the thing I found hardest actually is not so much the writing, it's the editing. But coming home from work tired and I just have not felt like doing the editing. I have to really force myself to the editing. So I think what I'm going to try when I, when I start writing again, I'll talk to you about that shortly 
when I start writing again, I'm going to basically try and do a park run on Saturday. I'm, I'm done with that by 10 and showered and everything and uh, back at my desk. And I think I'm going to try and do the editing on a Saturday when that's all I've got. The only thing I got to do on a Saturday is a park run, which is a physical thing. It's not a mental thing. And then when I've done a park run and had a cup of tea and recovered from that, I'll go and do a bit of editing. So I'm going to try that, doing the editing on a day when I only do editing and I'm completely fresh to the editing. As you know, I don't enjoy editing. So I need to give myself as much advantage as I can. Now, I might still do some in the evening, but I'm going to do a tiny bit in the evening. So maybe two chapters. I've been doing six, maybe two chapters in the evening. So so I'm really just going to tackle the editing. The writing, um, I don't like doing four days in a row. I just don't really want to do that. Uh, but I can do four days in a row. If I had to, it's absolutely fine. Um, I don't think it's a healthy thing for me to do week in, week out. I don't think, not while I'm at work. Um, and also, I think the editing, I'm going to cut myself some slack in the evenings because I'm tired uh, and then try and do it on Saturdays. Now, I've, I've found a new routine with my wife working weekends and trying to fit the partners and I've established this new routine, but that's what I'm going to try uh, going forward. So there you go. Three books, um, obviously draft one form. They're not finished yet. There's more work to be done, but in draft one form, that's three military sci-fi books done. Hooray. Okay, to general news now before we go through the quarter one goals. I wanted to mention to you, you may remember some time ago, I've tried two book sweeps promos. I did a sci-fi promo and I can't remember what the numbers were. It was something like 700, maybe 700 subscribers from that. And I also did a sci-fi promo. And this was the first time I'd ever used book sweeps. I can't remember who told me about it, but uh, I wanted to give it a try the moment I discovered it. And basically it's just, it's a list building exercise. It enables you to get new subscribers. Well, I I got a bad vibe about the sci-fi one because uh, I think it, I think we only ran it for about, is it a week or 10 days? And then we got an email from the organizer saying, oh, we're going to extend this one by a little bit to try and get a bit more activity. And I thought, ooh, that, that doesn't sound very good. I don't think I'll be getting many subscribers from this. And then I forgot all about it. And they sent me a feedback form the other day. And I got back to the support desk and said, oh, I haven't had any subscribers yet. Um, so I can't feed back. I just assumed they were on the way or there weren't very many of them. But anyhow, they sent me my subscribers immediately, um, which incidentally, I'm very, very happy with the management of book sweeps. If you're thinking of trying them, very, very professional, really rate it highly. Uh, but they were straight back to me with a reply and they sent me 467 new sci-fi subscribers. So that was way more than I expected. I'm quite happy with that. So I, I just want to take a moment to recommend book sweeps to you. I've done a thriller. I've done a sci-fi on it now. And I think that, I can't remember what the cost was. It wasn't a huge amount. Uh, it was very professionally done. I've told you before about the brilliant graphics that they give you in those giveaways. They're better than anything I could produce on Canva. Uh, really, really great graphics with your book cover on. Um, and then I was getting even on, on inverted commas, a bad giveaway. So one that didn't, I think it only had 15 contributors to it. Uh, so it's a bit quieter than the thriller. I still got 567 new subscribers. So I'm not knocking that. I'm very happy with it. And I will try that again. As you know, I'm trying to build my list up mindful of the fact that I've got a couple of, of, of rapid re- release, rapid re-releases coming up, trying to roughly get, if I can, to about 3,000 on each list, 3,000 in sci-fi, 3,000 in thrillers, if I can. So I think we're getting there with the sci-fi at the moment. I think I just need to give the thrillers a little bit more attention. And with that in mind, I signed up for another book funnel promotion this week, and I, and I probably will hold another couple of my own just to keep trying to bump those lists up. Um, but book funnel made a great announcement this week. When I was taking part and signing up for this promo, 
you've heard me moan a little bit about Insta Freebie. The thing I hate about Insta Freebie, I don't really like the the app that you use to get the books on Insta Freebie. I think that needs some work. Whereas BookFuddles is brilliant, and I don't like something on Insta Freebie where if you take part in a giveaway, they encourage you to kind of write feedback about other people's books. And I, and I just, I don't, and I don't, I'm not going to play that game at all, not until they give me a disable option, because I don't want people saying empty, pointless things about my book unless they've read it. I just, I just don't like that at all. So I'm out of Insta Freebie at the moment. I'm just waiting for them to make some changes. But BookFuddle did something else which makes me love them even more this week. This is so good. Um, if you run uh, promotions on BookFunnel, um, it's hard to track how many people are contributing to the event. And also, frankly, you could join a giveaway and they don't contribute anything and, and they take all the leads for it and they don't contribute anything. Well, in an inspirational move, Book Funnel Now, I, I got my first feedback. It's not being shared with anybody else at the moment, but it will be shared. It said, you're, I've put this, I put the screenshot, by the way, on the resources page for episode 146, if you want to look at it. But it says, your promo reputation on Book Funnel. You've participated in four promos and have sent an average of 451 readers to each promo. Your promo reputation is currently private, but will be shared with promo organizers in the near future. What a brilliant idea. So now when people, when I contribute to somebody else's promo and somebody contributes to mine, if you've got a slacker there who just takes all the leads and doesn't promote, well, you just knock them out. They're not going to get part in your promo. That is brilliant. A reputation score. It's like, um, it's like a star rating on eBay. You wouldn't buy from somebody with a one star. And similarly now, somebody with a duff reputation, you just blow them out your promo. So you're not going to get any freeloaders. So that is a great inspiration on BookFunnel's part. And th- there was a time, I know I keep saying this, but there was a time when I thought InstaFreebie was better than BookFunnel. And then they, they changed from InstaFreebie to Prolific Works. They made a few tweaks which put me off them and now I I love book funnel well on board with book funnel at the moment and I was who was I explaining it to the other day I was doing a little bit of my corporate work and it just came up as some as something that I was talking to somebody for sharing pdf files i said you could actually use book funnel if you want to securely share pdf files with people um you know guides and uh, workbooks and things like that, that that corporate people use and i was recommending book funnel and just saying just how brilliant it is if you just want to give something away for free but you want to obviously make sure because you could limit the download cap on it so you wouldn't have an un- if you had a private document that you wanted to distribute to people who'd attended a, a class say you wouldn't want them all passing it on to their mates so you'd limit the number of downloads, say, to if there were 15 members of the class, you might just limit it to 20. And that means people can't share it ad infinitum. It's just a way of protecting your your content. So um, I, I love BookFunnel. I think it's great. I, I really, really want Prolific Works to kind of listen to the audience, if you want. I just would like them to make a couple of little changes because it'd be very easy for them. I, I would use them if the, if the app was better. He says, I, I claimed a few books and tried to get them through the app. And I thought, blimey, I, I just can't be bothered. I'd rather just buy the book, to be honest with you. So I found, I didn't find the app intuitive particularly. I love the way that BookFunnel manages the adding it to a Kindle or putting it on your phone. I also love the, the, the support that BookFunnel give. I've sold quite a few books directly through BookFunnel and pay him now. I have never had any support, never had to give any support. Either BookFunnel's handled it or there haven't been any queries because the process is so obvious. So I really, I have nothing against Prolific Works. They just did a few things that I'm not keen on. I'd just like them to tweak that and, um, and then I'll be back. 
But at the moment, uh, the, the deal breaker for me is those stupid comments where you just write a stupid comment about a book. Um, you know, it's just a vacuous thing to do. The comments there like, you know, this book has a great cover. I'm sure it's a fantastic read. Well, you know, really? We're not teenagers. We don't need stuff like that. And I either want a proper review or no review at all. So I don't like that. And all they need to do is click a little button there to disable it. And we're good to go. I'm back in. So anyway, that's a little little sideline about book funnel and prolific works. I've been buying books this week and reading books this week, uh, non-fiction books. My problem is that I constantly read so many non-fiction books, I find it really hard to get the fiction in. And I, and I know I need to be reading fiction as well. So there's only so many hours of the day. But you've heard me rave for the last three weeks about Dave Gochran's uh, book bub ads expert book. And um, that's now finished. And I love it. It was brilliant. And I've had to buy the paperback. I just bought the paperback. The paperback's twelve ninety nine, which is a lot of money for a paperback. And there's nothing special about it. It's just a normal paperback. So it's a bit cheeky charging twelve ninety nine for it. But the frankly, the content's so good. What the heck? I I I need the book. I, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna go through that book again. I'm gonna underline all the bits that I need because I can't do that in a Kindle. Um, Kindles don't work like that. Kindles are great for consuming content, but if you want to go back then and underline stuff and put stars next to things and, and notes and stuff like that, you need a paperback. So what the heck? I just thought I need the paperback. So I just bought it. So I've got that now and we'll go through that again. And another book that I have bought this week is called Story Genius and it's by Lisa Cron. I was trying to remember who, who recommended this and I'm pretty sure it was Jerry Evanoff, whose podcast you've heard me recommend before on several occasions. I'm sure it was Jerry Evanoff who recommended it. Um, it's kind of like a story structure guide. And I know uh, Jerry was saying, I'm sure it was Jerry, was saying he uses it like a Bible. He's constantly referring to it. He keeps it at his side. And when I hear a strong recommendation like that from a book I haven't heard of, I just buy it. I want to read it. Um, so I bought Lisa Cron's book. and Both of those are sitting in my tray, ready for me to get to as soon as possible. Um, I So I, I finished I finished Dave Gochran's book on uh, Kindle, and then I went straight from that to reading his Amazon ads book, uh, book, which is free if you sign up for his list, which I really enjoyed. That is also an extremely good book. Not quite so much detail as the book Bob Ads Expert. In the way that book Bob Ads Expert is like the how-to guide. It's everything that you need. Um, the Amazon one probably just lacks a little bit of the step-by-step how-to guide, but it is free for his list. There's loads of brilliant stuff on there about uh, what's a popularity list and how do you get on a bestsellers list and how many sales do you need to make. Loads of great stuff in there. So once again, third week in a row, Dave's coming at number one. In the top 20 of great stuff to recommend, uh, I'm going to recommend that you get that book. And I know a couple of people have spoken to me already and told me they've got it on my say-so. And um, also uh, to sign up for Dave's list and get his Amazon Kindle guide too. Some really good gold dust information. And then that one's a free one. And uh, when I finished the Amazon book the other day and I was looking at my Kindle, I noticed I got John Cronshaw's Stop Booking Around, which I got ages ago. And I, re- I remember listening to, to John's podcast. I can't remember where it was. And he was saying that uh, he, 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 he obviously provided this book and he, he could have done with some extra reviews on it. And um, and, and I'd, I'd, I'd got the book and I hadn't read it yet. And I thought I'm going to read uh, John's Stop Booking Around uh, straight out of this Amazon book. And I've just finished that, actually. And I just wanted to recommend it to you. Um, uh, John 
John, my apologies for taking so long to read it. Uh, but you know what it's like, you know, there's a big long queue of books that need to be read. Um, but I, I read Stop Booking Around and actually it was not what I thought it was going to be, John. I thought it was kind of going to be a, um, I don't know, a write-up or a diary of the podcast episodes, which as you know, I've listened to. But in actual fact, it's a standalone book. And I, again, I'd recommend that you buy it and read it. Um, there were some really valuable sections in there, uh, for me. And the, the thing I particularly loved about Stop Booking Around was John's list of things to do as part of the editing process. I, I really valued that. And the other thing I really valued in it, and it was really handy for me is John listed and put all the links in. Um, you know, I use Save the Cat, but there's like the hero's journey and there's the snowflake method, all these different ways of plotting books. John put a handy list of links into all those ways of plotting books in that book. And I'm going to go through those because some of them I haven't read. I don't think I've, I'm, I'm kind of aware of hero's journey, but I haven't read up on it uh, because I, I liked Save the Cat. So, um, I got a lot of value out of stop booking around. It was not what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was kind of be going to be the book of the podcast, but in actual fact, it is a brilliant book for, uh, writers. And uh, I was going to say you writers, but as you know, I've been doing this for four to five years now. And my view is that you always, always, always gain nuggets from whatever you read. There's always a, a nugget in there that you weren't aware of, or it makes you think. And so I've got some tremendous value from John's book. Um, I particularly value the editing stuff because you know how much I struggle with editing. And what I'm trying to do with editing, the reason I struggle with editing is, is that to be honest with you, I don't really know what I'm supposed to be doing. That's That's the truth of it. But if somebody gave me a list to say, do this, do this, do this, and then it would be a little check-off list for me because I'm OCD and finisher completer. I like to check things off. It would be a, 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 a checklist. And I'm getting to that because I read Show Don't Tell and that gave me a list. And, and John's list was a really good list of things to check for editing. I'm getting a list now. And, and you know, I can have a little checklist on a Word document and I can go, when I've done my reads of the book and done the continuity stuff and check for inconsistencies and repeat words and all of those things that I do already, I can then take this little checklist and go through it and apply that list. And so I really valued that about Stop Booking Around. So I am going to recommend that you, you buy that book and check it out wherever you are in your writing career because I found a lot of uh, value in there and I found John's uh, anecdotes and experiences really valuable so John a thousand apologies that it's taken me so long to read that book I will be leaving you uh, a five-star review and a kind of detailed um co you know comment on that because when, when I get stuff like that I've just let you know that I don't normally review my, my policy with reviews is if you ain't got nothing good to say then don't say anything at all you know the thumper from Walt Disney but when I'm so um, enthusiastic about a book like Dave's book John uh, John's book I've just got tremendous value from my view is is that when I write reviews when I'm really enthusiastic and I can come on to you like this and say that was a brilliant book read it or I got a lot of value from that book read it um, then I, I feel I owe it to the author then to uh, express that in a review uh, you know if I if I read something that I can take or leave um, or I didn't get much value from it I just keep my mouth shut but that's kind of my reviewing policy so you, you won't you won't see bad reviews from me you'll generally only see effusive reviews where I've really got a lot of value so uh, uh, unusually for me I'm leaving reviews this week something else I was also very pleased about this week is that Alyssa Grosso's um, podcast is back um, and Alyssa was a guest on this show she she um, broadcasts or she records the Awkward Author podcast, which is a weekly podcast. I know Alyssa is primarily a YouTube lady. She 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 has a, a separate channel on YouTube. So she does the YouTube and then the audio goes to the podcast, whereas I do the podcast and the audio goes to, the, to YouTube. I'm the other way around. I'm audio first. Alyssa is video first. And um, 
I had just assumed that I knew I'd heard in one of her episodes that she was going to move house. And I just assumed that the episodes weren't arriving because we'd had Christmas. I assumed she was taking a break because I know it's a busy time for her, her Amazon selling business. Um, and, and I assumed she just hadn't picked it up after Christmas. So I can't remember how we got talking. I think she'd made a comment on my, on Twitter and I'd probably said, oh, I'm looking forward to your podcast coming back. And she said, Oh, it, you know, it should be there. Um, so she went and adjusted her feed last week and all Alyssa's back catalogue from Christmas are now back in my phone and I've been working through them this week. Um, again, I just want to recommend it to you. It's a great podcast. It's called the Awkward Author Podcast. Alyssa has been traditionally published and is now trying to be self-published. Um, I particularly, well, I, I value all of the information. I, I love to hear what people are up to when they're, when they're writing and they're serious about it. So I enjoy uh, Jerry's author podcast. I enjoy Alyssa's author podcast because they're in the trenches. They're doing it every week. And also I constantly hear references to things that I haven't heard before, uh, which improves my learning and my personal development. Um, but Alyssa's very, very painfully honest about her income reports. I mean, I'm, I'm a bit lackadaisical about this stuff. You know, I, <laughs> Again, with, with the money, I, I tend to set targets. As you know, I, I wanted this, I wanted this promo this month to pay for Stuart Bache's covers and pay for 20 books and pay for this, that, and the other. When I've reached those targets, um, I'm fine with that. You know, I think, oh, great. That's fine. I, I've, I've earned the money that I needed to target achieved. I, I tend not to look at the amount of money. I, t- the, the, the bits of where they've come from, I tend to just say, that's great. Um, I've, I've moved to the next level. I paid for what I wanted to out of that promo and then move on. So I tend not to drill down into the detail as much as I should do. Whereas Alyssa does. Alyssa will tell you to the cent of the dollar how much she's paid for ads and how much she's made and whether she's lost or made money. Very, very interesting breakdowns. And particularly if you're at the beginnings of this, if you're working on relatively small budgets. The other reason why Alyssa's so interesting is because Alyssa knows how to do this with physical products. She has a physical Amazon business, which is her her job. It's her day job. She can make a living from it. So I'm really tuned in to what Alyssa is saying because she has been incredibly successful selling physical goods on Amazon. She knows what she's doing, yet she is struggling to do the same with, with eBooks, with books on Amazon. But her, the, intelligence and the data that she brings to it is as someone who has been successful she is successful in one part of her amazon life and she is struggling with the other so there's a lot to learn from Alyssa. so i'm delighted to say you can subscribe in your podcast feed or go on on youtube if you prefer that to the awkward author podcast well worth uh, a listen to that one so i i think I've, i've pretty well in my head virtually committed to doing monthly interviews from may for the six weeks of summer you'd have had one in april if the first guest I'd gone for, who who will remain nameless now, because I'm not going to name some name and shame about it, but I'd, I'd really hoped to get a guest. Uh, and if I could have recorded this guest in time, I hadn't got much time to do it. Uh, I, I don't know where I was going to find the time slot to record it. You'd have had one for April, but I can't do it, I'm afraid. So it's not going to happen. And, and if that guest had said yes, then I would have done it. But they haven't got back to me yet. It's in the pending pile. So I can't pull it off by... Um, April the 1st. So I'm aiming to have um, monthly interviews from May uh, over the duration of the summer holidays. Uh, and I just wanted to catch up. There's a few things I'm, I'm desperate to catch up with. Um, so the interviews will be the first Monday of every month from May. So it'll be May, June, July, August, September. So it's going to be at least five of them uh, because I've got time over the summer to make sure they're recorded and processed. Um, so from from the first Monday of May which is, whenever it is, 
sorry I couldn't make April. Uh, it's going to be Monday the 6th of May, which is a bank holiday in the UK. I will have at least five sort of monthly interviews coming. Um, and, and those are going to be catch-ups, mop-ups, people I'm desperate to talk to uh, that I've probably mentioned in passing on these diaries, um, just really to to keep the needles waggling, as we used to say in radio, just to catch up and just to make sure I'm not letting people pass me by. Um, very, very keen to talk to all of those people. So I'm I'm now beginning to think of, of what comes next. And I've shared this, my thoughts with you. I'm going to take a break now. So I got a weekend away, which I'm, I'm really looking forward to. And then we've got April. So we've got one, two, three, four weeks in April where the kids will be coming home from university. For the next two weeks, because my wife works part-time term time, she won't be at work for those two weeks. And then Easter's funny. It gets split up by Easter because we've got, in terms of school holidays and my wife's holiday, you've got two weeks for Easter. And then the the actual Easter bank holidays are separated from the school holidays, very unusually this year. So we've got Easter over Friday 19th to Monday 22nd. So it's quite a disrupted month. Um, and when I was doing the numbers and, and working out how long I got to write, I just thought, right, okay, that's fine. What I'm going to do is I'm not going to write in April. I'm going to edit draft one of book three, and I'm going to use April. I need to do my counts. It's the end of the tax year, so I'm going to. I could. I, I want lots of things I could do. And just if the kids are at home, if we want to go out for a bit of fun, we can go out for a bit of fun. I, I don't want to be writing. I want to be busy, but I don't want to be writing. I want to be doing tasks that I can pick up and put down. So over April, I'm going to get my accounts done. I like to get my accounts done straight away as soon as we're in a new tax year and get them filed as soon as possible. Because if I owe the tax man money, I want to get that paid. I don't like... I'm a, you know, I'm OCD. I'm a finisher completer. I like stuff done. So I'm not one of these people who leaves my taxes until the deadlines. I have them in the minute, the minute a tax year has passed. I should, I shall have my tax calculations done. I'll have my self-assessment in. I'll settle up anything that I set, I need to settle up with the revenue. And then I know where I am financially for the year ahead. So I'll be doing accounts over April. I'll also be planning whatever's coming next over April. And I'll be editing military sci-fi books through. But this is just a little bit of downtime. It's a time for my imagination to, uh, you know, fight, uh, to become fertile again, to just get thinking, to just, get my mind out of that story for a little bit and just to think just to come up for air basically and I think that's really important as an author you need to come up for air you need to take the air so I'm planning to start writing again on Thursday the 2nd of May and I was doing some calculations this 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 week actually and I've got two options I'm not I'm going to stop writing in, in July so when my wife finishes for the summer holidays which is, well, effectively, it's the 19th of July. I've got May, June, and most of July to, to do to do the writing. And I was working out what days I've got to write and what I can fit in during that time. And my two options at the moment are, and I, ha- I hadn't realised this actually, writing three days a week, I could actually have another trilogy done, uh, three times 50,000 word book trilogy. Or if I just write two days a week, the Thursdays and the Fridays, I could actually have, um, I think it is 275k, or is it 90k, 290k um, thrillers done. Um, I think that's right. Yeah, it's, it's 275k thrillers, I beg your pardon. I could have 275k thrillers, or I can have three 50k trilogies done, uh, parts of a trilogy. 
So at the moment, I'm not quite sure. I wrote to John and James earlier in the week and, and said to them, because I, I'm in this universe now, and the the book has a proper ending, but it also potentially starts a new beginning. And because I got plenty of thrillers for my rapid re-release, I was thinking, well, you know, I could fit in another three. While I'm in this universe, while, my, while I'm in this headspace, I could write another trilogy in that universe. And then we'd have six six books stacked up for rapid release in July. So I, I made the offer to, to John and James and said, you know, number one, do, do you want me to do this? Or number two, do, do you want to wait and, and see how the first books do? And if they tank, obviously we won't return to it. But if they go well, um, I could write another three. So do you want to do that now? Do you want me to put those next three in the pot or do you want me to wait? So um, we're just having that conversation at the moment. But my options are, I'm not writing shorter thrillers, by the way. I want to write thrillers at 75k to 90k. It works better for me, I, I think, with thrillers. Uh, but sci-fi, I think it's fine at, at sort of 50k over 50 to 60k. And it also works, incidentally. I mean, it counts as a novel, doesn't it, from 40k words, I think it is. But also it works for BookBub. You've got to have the right number of words for BookBub promos too. So it hits all the, the, the points that it needs to um, I, I, with, a, with a sci-fi, with a military sci-fi. So I'm just trying to decide. I can either write the second trilogy of John and James's universe, or I could write a military sci-fi trilogy that is entirely my own, that isn't in John and James's universe. So it would be a new universe. It would be a new trilogy, new military sci-fi that would capitalize on the audience and the sales that I get when I work with John and James. So it's a cross fertilization, if you want, but writing on my own. That's another option. So if John and James knock me back for the next three of their series, then I will consider that. Alternatively, I can write two 75k thrillers. Or this is the, this is where I got the 90k's from. Talk about planning. I know my planning's crazy, but I do like to know what I can do. The other alternative I worked out that I had was I could write. This is where the 90k's came from. I can write one 90k before the summer holidays. I can start the next one, and then I will only write on Sundays through summer, and then finish that 90k off whenever I finish it off. And then write the last 90k before Christmas, so I can have three 90k's done, 90k thrillers done by Christmas if I if I write on that time scale. And that's only writing two days a week. I'm not writing three days a week there. So those are my options, um, and I and I'm I'm mulling those over at the moment. So we'll see what John and James say. I guess if they kind of bite my hand off for the next three, that's probably what I'm doing next. And then I'll get to thrillers after the summer holiday. But because the thrillers, the thriller relaunches, I've got, I've already got, is it seven or eight books? I can't remember how many books I've got these days. Is it, is it eight? I think I've got eight thrillers in the series because I've got eight, eight stacked up. Um, I won't need the new thrillers that I write until the end of the rapid re-release sequence. So I have got more lead time for the thrillers to to write thrillers. So anyhow, you know, you know how it works on this podcast. I'm speaking aloud. I'm telling you what I'm doing. I'll let, I'll let you know when I tie it down, when everything gets tied down. Uh, the last thing to tell you in this news update, by the way, is that I decided this week, I, I contacted John and said, I was thinking about what author name I'm going to use for the military sci-fi. Now the military sci-fi, because it's Marines, it has a lot of, um, you know, some mild innuendo in it. And it has a lot of ethic of blinding. It has a lot of language in it, as it would have to do. It has a lot of marine banter in it. Um, so it's an adult book, um, you know, with some suggestive, some innuendo in it. Nothing, nothing too bad on that front. Um, and it has some quite graphic violence in it too. 
Um, some quite nasty things happen to people in the book. Again, nothing ridiculous, uh, but, um, you know, it's military sci-fi, for goodness sake. Um, so it has to write to market. And my other sci-fi, so The Secret Bunker, Phase 6, and what's the other one? The Grid. I forget what books I've written now. Uh, and The Grid. Those seven, the sci-fis I've written now, although they're not... They're not young adults. They are written as if they are young adults. So if a, a young adult audience read them, they would enjoy them and there would be nothing in there that their parents would have any objections to. So they're clean uh, sci-fi, if you want. Um, the, the, the violence uh, is is minimal. It's not terrible violence. There's no sexual content in there at all. And there's no swearing in those books. And what I was thinking about is I thought, well, if, if you read my military sci-fi and they're listed with my existing sci-fi, and you think, oh, I'll give the other stuff a try. I think it's too different for a military sci-fi audience to try. I think it needs to be separated out. Similarly, I wouldn't want somebody picking up the secret bunker at the real-life secret bunker and saying, oh, I'll try a bit of Paul's military sci-fi. Uh, you know, maybe a 10-year-old. A 10-year-old who was a, a good reader, a capable reader, would have no trouble with the secret bunker. Um, I would have had no trouble reading it at 10 years old nor would I have had any problem with the concepts in it. Um, and so, but I would hate a 10-year-old reader or, or a 14-year-old reader to read The Secret Bunker and move over to my military sci-fi and think, ah, oh, that wasn't what I bargained for. And that's interesting. Somebody at work who has a teenage son who had read My Secret Bunkers, uh, she was telling me that her son had picked up my don't <laughs> tell... Had read and picked up Don't Tell Meg as a free promo. And I can't remember, I don't know how old he is, if he's 15 or 16. And it got more than he bargained for with the with the graphic sex scene in that. And it's not that graphic, but it's more than you would want a fault. And it does warn you, it does say uh, scenes of a sexual nature and violence and language. It, I put that in the blurb. You know, I do warn it, I do signpost it. And I and I, I said to my work colleague, I said, well, it does say it on the blurb. He said, well, yeah, he ignored, he ignored that and just assumed it would be the same. But it was it's it's completely different from the secret bunker, which he'd really enjoyed. And this was this is adult fiction, as you would expect. So I'm going to call myself. Amazon doesn't care what I'm called. I could be Paul Teague One, Paul Teague Two, Paul Teague Three. As far as Amazon cares, all I need is a different initial so that I can skim off a different author name so uh, as you know i write as what am i i can't remember what i write as what am i am i paul teague paul teague i can't remember I'm, yeah paul teague for the sci-fi for the grid of the secret bugger that's paul teague i'm p teague for non-fiction but i don't actually have any non-fictions published at the moment so, so I, I can't put science fiction on p teague even though there's nothing published because all my also boughts will be screwed completely. So I have to keep PT there, even though I've got nothing published at the moment. I, if I if I keep going at this long enough, I'm sure I'll get another non-fiction out there at some point. Actually reading John John Cronshaw's Stop Booking Around made me think, mm, I ought to write something like this, really, because this is really good. And it's really just John telling it how it is from his experience. I thought, well, I ought to try that at some point. Um so, so I must write a non-fiction at some point. I'm too busy writing fiction at the moment, but uh, I like—I I think I'm good at fiction. I think it's—I I can sell it easily too. So I must get back to fiction at some point. So I'm keeping P. Teague for that. I'm using Paul J. Teague for my thrillers, and I'm using Paul F. Teague for my military sci-fi. Now, as I say, all this does—if you're not familiar with this—all it means is that I have a separate Amazon author page, which allows me to pull the books in 
that I've written under each author name. But to be honest with you, the search engines, if you put Paul Teague in the search engines, it brings all my books up, whether I'm Paul FT, Paul, you know, Paul JT, whatever I am. So it doesn't really ha- have a problem, but I think it, it's really quite important to signpost readers correctly. So for my military sci-fi, I said to, to John this week, when you finalize the covers, can you please just put Paul FT on there? And it'll be Paul Teague writing as Paul F. Teague. And it just enables me to separate that out. But I don't want to have any shocked parents um, <laughs> buying buying my sweary or rude stuff for kids. I, th- I think it's quite important that we get that right. I, I, I don't want to find the wrong audience. And from an author point of view, I, I will, I, you know, I can signpost this stuff and say that it's got foul language and violence in it. But, um, you know, other than that, they just have to read the blurbs. I can't do anything more than that and to split out the author names. After that, it's up to the reader to to decide whether it's for them. But as I say, I don't do anything bad. I'm sure it's way, way worse than what I do. But these are Marines, for goodness sake. They're not going to say, oh, golly gosh, here's a nasty alien. Uh, they're not going to use language like that. So I have to use adult language to make it authentic. Anyhow, that's where we are with my news this week. Just a couple of uh, Twitters to mention to you, and then I'm going to get to my quarter one review. And on Twitter this week, uh, Edwin Downward was has been at a Creative Ink Fest, which I think is in Canada. Uh, yeah, it's the Kelowna FX 2019, uh, which I think is... Um, Creative, where they hold Creative Ink Fest, which I'm assuming is a writing event. And um, so I think um, Edwin was getting his fix of the podcast later because he'd been attending that writing event. So it's great to hear you at writing events, Edwin. I hope you had a fantastic weekend. I was a bit confused at first because if you look at the resources page, I've put Edwin's tweet there. And you'll see that the lady who's photographed there has got like rabbit ears on. And as you know, Edwin looks after rabbits and so I wasn't quite sure what I was looking at at first. So I'm sure there's a story behind that particular tweet. But either way, Edwin, number one, it's great that you're listening to the podcast. Thank you for your support. Number two, even better to hear that you're out networking with other authors, you know, building your indie author career, doing all the things that we need to do. Okay, just in case you don't listen to my quarter one review, I'm just going to let you know, and I'll let you know at the, the real end too, that coming up on Thursday, the 4th of April, it's the third anniversary of this podcast. So I have got them recorded. They're all queued up. They're all teed up and ready to go. On Thursday, the 4th of April, three episodes are going to drop into the podcast feed. They're, they're all the same episode, really. I've just divided it into three parts. And I'm going to be sharing 75 useful tips, tricks, and resources for indie authors. Basically, I'm sharing what I've learned in three years of presenting a self-publishing podcast. I've, I've bundled that all together under headlines and themes, and I'll be sharing that on Thursday, 4th of April. So I will be dropping three episodes into the feed on that day, and it won't be on a day that you're expecting. You, you normally expect these episodes on a Saturday. These are bonus episodes to celebrate three years of the podcast. So look out for that on Thursday, the 4th of April. And um, I'll remind you again of that at the end of the quarter one preview, which I'm about to start right now so if you don't want to listen you can leave the building now and if you do want to listen I'm about to tell you how quarter one went and it's been a busy one as you know from this diary it's been a really busy quarter I will of course share a photograph of my planning board so that you can take a look at this it's like a read-along Paul's objectives exercise this but let me just go through January to March quarter one of this year and of course next week I will do my quarter two goals so January to March and there are a whole load of ticks on there and you'll get a sense probably of why I love to have a planning board and why I love to tick things off. You get a real sense of completion. 
But item one on my planning board was to record Paul's Podcast Diary episodes 136 to 146. This is episode 146, so we've completed that objective. I also wanted to complete six park runs in this quarter. That was objective number two, and I have completed six park runs. I'm hoping that while I'm at my mum's, they have a local park run there at the race course, which is flat, which would be a lot easier than the one I do in Carlisle. So I'm quite tempted. I'm hoping to be up on Saturday to do the one where I used to live. That would be great fun. So I might get seven in, but I've certainly got my six in. That was my objective. And I didn't think I was going to. When I got back from Spain and we had a weekend where I turned up and it was cancelled, I thought, oh, this is a bit dodgy. I hadn't thought about this. But we got the six in anyway, so I'm very pleased about that. Oh, by the way, I got my sixth one in on my birthday last week and managed to get an all-time best time. So uh, I was very happy last week. It was only because the weather was fine. I always run faster when the weather's nice, I've discovered. The next three objectives then relate to book one, book two, and book three of that military sci-fi series. And if you take a look at the photograph of my planning board, you'll see that I, I write down all the words from 5K to 50K and I tick it off every week. And the reason I do that is, as you know, I, 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 it's very important to me to be ticking things off to get that sense of achievement, accomplishment of progress. Um, and there's just a whole line of ticks there to say that I've got those books written. And of course, I've had the pleasure today of doing the last tick the 50k and the end section so that just feels I'm really quite proud of that I didn't think I could do that as you know I was a bit nervous before I started this quarter so a real sense of achievement whether I decide to do it again or not is immaterial really I think the important thing for me is I know I could do that at that rate now that's the important thing so moving along then to objective number six I wanted to read a couple of books I've actually read way more books than this but these were the books that I specifically wanted to read as part of my objectives because they were so important the first one was show don't tell Uh, I mentioned that book to you just after Christmas I think it was I read that Uh, 2k to 10k which I think whose book is that I don't think that is Chris Fox's is it it'll be on my bookshelf somewhere but 2k to 10k which is about writing fast I read uh, cutting the passive voice so Show, Don't Tell and Cutting the Passive Voice, the two really, really important ones for me. And Sizzling Synopsis, which is Brian Cohen's book, which is uh, highly recommended. So I read those four books. I've actually read way more than that. But those were, were strategic books that I specifically wanted to make sure that I read in this quarter. They related to improving my writing craft and particular elements of my writing craft that I wanted to improve, uh, plus uh, speedy writing. I was looking at writing faster. And as you also know, in this quarter, writing to market has been important as well. So item number seven on that list, I wanted to submit Don't Tell Meg to BookBub, which I did. I changed the pricing of that and uh, it's it's all kind of gone through. We got that, we got that BookBub, which is fantastic. Uh, and I needed to just change some pricing around that as well. I added the don't uh, dead of night preview to book three and I changed the dead of night price as a result of that to try and get more people buying dead of night when they read book three of don't tell Meg trilogy. And that has worked incidentally. So only in a small way, but I have got more sales by adding a preview of dead of night to the third part of the trilogy in don't tell Meg. So that that strategy has worked in, in a small way. I wanted to complete the self-edits of my military sci-fi book. So I have completed military sci-fi self-edits, book one and book two. I've only just finished writing book three, so I can't do that yet. That'll be one of the first things I do in quarter two, obviously, is to edit my first draft of my military sci-fi book three book. But I've got two books, got three books written, two books edited. 
uh, this this quarter. I wanted to do some promotional work too, so I um, edited and published, edit, yeah, edited, remixed, whatever you want to call it, the videos from Benidorm. So if you remember when I was in Benidorm, I shot loads of videos at different scenes and locations of my Who to Trust book there. So I did edit those. They're on my Thriller website now, and they are also available on YouTube. So that was accomplished. Uh, number 10, objective number 10. I needed to read the Space Commandos series that John and James had written, obviously as my briefing and my prep, so I knew their universe and their characters for my military sci-fi series. So I did that over Christmas um, pretty well. By the time I got from, back from Spain, I'd read all three books, so I was ready to write when I got back. Item number 11 is that I want to uh, go for a visit to see my mum, which I'm just about to do this weekend. So that'll be completed by the end of the month. And then item 12 related to the secret bunker so if you remember Helen Fazal had re-edited them in the past tense I needed to go through those as a final time so they've been edited 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 and edited again and I was just doing my final checks on those I needed to put those new versions to vellum so I needed to put book one two and three to vellum but also books two and three and books one two and three the the what is it the trilogy the 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 pack the, the box set that's what I'm trying to say I had to put those together and uh, also I needed to put those on Kobo draft the digital published drive as well so all of those objectives have been achieved in quarter one of this year there's nothing I've had to bump this year at all which is great and then I have this little section on the board that I leave for marketing as well now um and that marketing is, is really their ongoing job. So I don't have to get them done in a quarter. I just need to try and knock as many of them off as I'm going along. So in terms of marketing jobs, I did a blog post on, if you remember, I asked my list, my mailing list questions, and I've had some brilliant answers. And I've been wanting to turn some of those into blog posts. So the I got some great answers on whether to use violence in books. And so I turned that into a blog post. I've done one of those. I needed to submit The Secret Bunker to BookBub, and I have done that. So I, I've submitted it in January, February, and March, but obviously it's been knocked back. So that will continue uh, in quarter two. I'll just keep submitting it. I, I was thinking I might try something a bit different next month. I might make The Secret Bunker Amazon exclusive for three months and just see if putting it in Amazon alone does it, because I've got more reviews on Amazon alone. I haven't really got much readership on the other channels. So I thought I might just I might just try something different. I'll think about that when I'm away over the weekend. Um. On that marketing list, item number three was to submit Don't Tell Meg to BookBub. Originally, I had January, February, March on there, but it got, I was very lucky again, it got accepted straight away. So I have done that. Uh, that's done. And, and obviously, this month is, is where I've been taking the income from that, which is fab. Um, I've written, I had author notes written, which I did before Christmas, and they'd been edited and proofread. And I wanted to add the author notes to my books. I, I've kind of I've, so I've, I've proofread those now. They've all been done, and I've edited them to my updated versions of the Secret Bunker. But I decided not to add the author notes to so Don't Tell Megan. The reason for that was, if you remember, I didn't want to change the magic formula with with a bookbub because my read through had been so brilliant with those books. I thought I do not want to put anything in this book that could possibly disrupt that what's been happening with my Don't Tell Meg book bub. So 
by putting author notes in, I just thought, I just hesitated. I thought, I'm not going to do this. I daren't do this. So I have put author notes in the secret bunker, but I haven't added them to any of my new books yet, though they are proofread and they're ready to go. Um, so again, that's kind of on the pending part. They could just, they could just sit there. I've, I've done several Amazon ads reviews. Uh, I, I mean, the, where, where I am with Amazon ads is that they're not really working for me in the USA. They, they are working for me in the UK in that my, all my numbers are right. They're just not enough. So what I get about seven times what I put in, I get about seven times that back in terms of book earnings. So the ratios are fantastic, but I just can't scale it up. I've got huge budgets on them. I've got all sorts going. I, I, I'm struggling to scale it up. So I'll keep doing it because I'm not losing money on it, particularly in the UK. Uh, I do think that what I am pushing, incidentally, is now I've got three books in KDP Select. I'm moving back in my mind to KDP Select because I think I get more bang for my buck with my with my Amazon ads when I do that. So I am coming back round more to Amazon KDP Select at the moment and then seeing what I get in page reads from the books and reading what Dave Gochran was writing in his Amazon books just made me think about these things. So there may be some changes there. I'll let you know. But I am running Amazon ads, but doing nothing for me in the USA. Still in profit, but but doing nothing in the USA. Uh, and the main action I'm getting is on UK Amazon ads, but I just can't scale them high enough. I've got $5,000 budgets on them, for goodness sake. Uh, and, and and I've put tight dates and they still they still don't run enough. So I'm really at a bit of a loss with that. But I will continue to look at it. I I want to do some fiction interviews for my books at some point. I haven't really got that together. I did try with The Secret Bunker, but it's all gone a bit quiet there. So I, I, I eventually would like to get interviews done around The Secret Bunker, Solent Forts and The Island Retreats for my, that, that The Island Retreats is what So Many Lies is based on, but that's not coming out till later on in the year. So I'm quite happy for those marketing efforts just remain as marketing aspirations at the moment. I'll, I'll get to them when I'm ready. Um, I, there's a couple of books on there that, that crossed lists if you want so show don't tell and citizening synopsis were actually on my marketing list they were also on my objectives list so i've got to got two ticks for those i'm not quite sure why i didn't move it off one list and move it to the other but that's how it works i wanted to add affiliate codes to my genius links and my books to reads links so i've done that that basically means that if somebody buys an amazon book through my books to read link or my genius links i can get affiliate income but to be honest with you if i do earn affiliate income from amazon it's never excited me it's never been anything that particularly astounded me so no one's buying tvs off my links unfortunately but i i guess it's best practice and i thought i might as well get that done it's one other potential source of income however small and then finally on that marketing list, number 10, I wanted to read the Launch to Market book, which I've also read as part of that. So um, I feel in this quarter, I'm really proud to have written three draft one books that I really do feel quite a sense of achievement with that, uh, because you know that I wasn't sure at all whether I was going to be able to do that. So I, I do feel a sense of achievement and that we've tried something different and achieved something different with that. So I, I am feeling quite chuffed with myself about that one but I also feel this quarter I mean the podcasts are no problem at all the the, the diaries um are no problem at all and I have been because I've been tired in the evenings what I used to do is when I came home from work I would do the podcast and actually that was a nice task to do in the evenings and that's what's made me reconsider what I'm doing which is why I'm introducing or reintroducing monthly podcast interviews number one because I, I miss doing the interviews I I do find 
the interviews maybe not every week but I do find having some regularity in the interviews it just allows me to pick up on things I want to be picking up on with guests and talking to people that I want to talk to so so maybe once a week is a little bit too intense but I'm hoping that I can maybe get back to find some balance here and maybe get back to one a month interviews one a week podcast diaries is absolutely fine I've no problem with that at all um and you know, that rate of writing. I think it's really, I need to find, I need, it's editing I need to concentrate on. I need to find a way into editing that works for me that I'm not doing when I'm, I'm too tired in the day. I just need to find some space in there. I need to find a, a system to edit. I think, I think that's probably what I need to focus on in the next quarter is, 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 is editing is how to edit and, and to, to, if you want, just put it into a, a list of tasks almost so that, cause I, I'm a to do kind of guy. I need, I need to do's. I need to be active, proactive. Um, and, and it's not, it doesn't, the way I'm editing at the moment isn't like that. And I'm probably doing it wrong. So I think that's probably next, my next learning point for the next quarter is to try and improve my experience of editing because I, I think it's only because I don't really know what I'm doing when I edit a book. I don't really know what I'm looking for. Probably that I, that I struggle with it. So. You've heard it here. I think it, I, I need to look at editing. That's let's look at that for the next quarter as a as a as an aim. Okay, so that's it for quarter one. I th- I think that's been a pretty good quarter, particularly as when I, I was when I was in Spain over New Year and we didn't get back till halfway through January. I, I was beginning to get itchy feet, thinking it's time to get started. I need to get started. I need to get on with this, and um, it felt like we were back. We were back quite late, and it was very very nice. But I was itching to get back to work where we did get back from Spain. And it did feel like I got everybody else had started the year two weeks before me when I got back. So I really do feel that I've caught up this month. I've, I've, I've kind of earned my bread, if you want, this month. So we're moving into quarter two. I've told you that I'm not going to be writing next month, but I will write for the subsequent three months. It's going to be planning, accounts and editing this month and also um, coming up for air, just having some mind space some head space so in april and june um, what i'm going to do now you know when i'm listening through to this podcast episode before i edit it and publish it i'm going to wipe my board and i'm going to put the quarter two goals on and shuffle everything around i love doing that at the end of a quarter it's really sad but i love doing that it's one of my favorite jobs cleaning off one quarter and moving on to the next um so what i will do next week in next week's podcast diary as well as the normal news and, and updates I will tell you what I'm going to be doing in quarter two of this year. I'll give you a a breakdown and hopefully that will be as productive as quarter one has been. Just a reminder then, I did say I'd remind you at the end of this podcast that coming up on Thursday, the 4th of April, it is the third year anniversary of this podcast, which again, in itself feels like an incredible achievement. There's, there's always somebody who does, who's doing way better than you. Um, and it was, I mean, I, I dropped her a note, Joanna Penn celebrated 10 years of her podcast last week. And I just dropped her a note and I know, I know what grit that takes. To, to do 10 years of podcasting um joanna really has got some grit hasn't she 10 years is remarkable and i've i've been at it for three and that feels pretty good so yeah it's three years of this podcast on the 4th of april so i will be dropping uh three additional episodes into the pot they'll all they'll all come within about half an hour of each other on thursday but they'll be there if you're in the uk they'll be there when you wake up on thursday um, and the title is 75 Useful Tips, Tricks and Resources for Indie Authors. What I've learned in three years of presenting myself publishing podcasts. And they're, they're quite long. 
episodes, which is why I've split them into three, just to make the listening more manageable for you. But you will get three extra episodes in the feed on Thursday. And then, of course, I'll be back for another diary update for you next Saturday. So I hope whatever you're doing, writing, editing, planning, whatever it is, I hope it's going extremely well for you. I'll be back on Thursday with those three episodes. In the meantime, next podcast diary will be next Saturday. Have a great week of writing or editing. I'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.